Hey family, this is James Taylor, lead pastor of the Heavenly Vision Church, where it is our vision to reach, save, strengthen, and mature. I'm glad you could tune in to this podcast today. I pray that the word will be a blessing to you and help you move towards God's will. Now, coming to us with our fifth and final word, let us receive Minister Rodney Howard. Praise the Lord, everyone, and good morning. Happy Advent to all of you. John 29, John 1, 29 says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Right away, you see that word sin. It does not say sins. Several translations would show the word S-I-N, not S-I-N-S. The difference is what is a sin versus what is sin. God takes away sin. And sins, but he took away on the cross the sin of the world, not just the sins of the world. Because if that were the case, he'd have to keep taking away the sins of the world. So what he did is he took away sin itself. As we've heard before, when he got up, he took death, hell, and the grave. He had all power in his hands, all those great things. When he died, his sacrifice took away sin itself. The theological explanation will be what's called the Adamic sin. That is, when sin was entered into the earth by Adam and Eve, sin is now in the world. That's what Jesus took away. The sin of the world. That includes the sin of the people of the world. So in terms of what it is, he's not just our sacrifice. But uh, you've heard Bishop mention this as well. He's our propitiation. Love that word. But... It's important to note that Jesus is not just the ultimate sacrifice. He's also the high priest. This is important because there is no other sacrifice before now where the sacrifice was the offering and the offerer. So what we discover is not only is Jesus being the ultimate sacrifice to end all killing of the lambs and turning priests into butchers, but he also offered himself. So he's the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You can't take away the sin unless you have someone who's offering the lamb as the sacrifice. So Jesus is both. He's the sin embodied by all of man that we've all done, past, present, future. He's the retroactive sacrifice. But then he's also the high priest so that there's no need for any other butcher that we put a collar on to say, take these sins away from me. Let's lay hands on this ram, and now we'll have to do this once every year. Never again will there be the slaying of an animal because Jesus did it. Here's another note. Hebrews 4.12, I'll read real quick. I won't read the whole thing, but it says that the word of God is quick or alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of bone and marrow, soul and spirit, these things. It also goes on to express how he's the high priest. If you were to read, just take this for your notes that's going home. Hebrews 4, 12, and then skip down from verse 14 and go through to chapter 5 and end at around verse 6 of chapter 5. Here's the thing you make just quick understanding. The verse, the Bible, it was not originally written in chapters and verses. It was split up that way so that we can have an easier understanding of how to read it. So we can 
easily recall certain passages of scripture or certain times so that we know where to look for them. It was all one letter at this time. So you're going to skip out of verse 12 and go through to verse from chapter 4 into chapter 5 to get this understanding. The Bible, when it says a two-edged sword, that word is called a machaira. The machaira was a dagger that the priest held. And when I found this, it blew me away. It was a, pre, it was a dagger that the priest would hold. Also was the sword or the knife that Peter used when he cut the ear of the Roman guard. It basically was a dagger that was decidingly to determine if the sacrifice that the person was bringing to the priest for sacrifice and atonement was perfect or sufficient for the sacrifice. The dagger would be used to inspect the sacrifice. They would, they would dig through the wool if it was a lamb or a ram to determine whether or not there was any blemishes, any spots, any wrinkles, anywhere that it could be found where this should not be used to accept your sins because it's not perfect. So what happens is when Jesus goes to the cross, and even before then, you find a whole lot of him taking the time to make sure that the people see him and inspect whether or not he is a perfect sacrifice. So where do we see this? We see this when the Pharisees are talking to him. They're asking him questions. Did you know this? What do you do about this? Are you on this side? Are you on this side? Do you pay taxes? Are you going to let your people not wash their hands before they eat? How do you feel about healing a man on the Sabbath? The Sadducees, they all come. All these people come to God through Jesus Christ and say, how are you with this? How may we inspect you to determine whether or not you are a perfect sacrifice? Here's the key. They're doing this inadvertently. Because they don't realize that because he's the offerer and the offering, he needs someone to inspect him. So he'll take the people that are against him to be the ones to go ahead and say, okay, you can look through my life. I'm just going to give you the answers you need, but you will not find a blemish in this perfect sacrifice. Even when he gets to the cross, you see a physical examination of him when the Roman guard decides whether or not he's alive, they've gone through this soldier or this criminal. They've broken his legs to make sure the killing is done faster. They skip over Jesus. They go to the next guard. They cut him. They break his legs, break his knees. He's going to die faster. They get to Jesus. Oh, wait, he's already dead. That's another prophecy fulfilled for another time of discussion. But he says, all right, let's just make sure. He takes a dagger. Guess what's on the end of that dagger? It's called a machaira. He takes that machaira and pierces Jesus in his side. And water and blood comes out. This is also to denote the remaining blood in the corpse of Jesus. So not only is it when Jesus is sacrificed, he embodies all of our sins. But just like that lamb or that ram or even that pigeon, all of the blood comes out of the sacrifice that's sprinkled on the mercy seat. So there needed to be one final blow or inspection to ensure that all the blood was spilled out, was emptied out of him, so that we would be able to expect or ex receive the full embodiment of Jesus' sacrifice. He was our sacrifice. He was the offering. He was also the high priest and the offerer. So make sure that when you express your love for Jesus 
as a sacrifice and as an offering that you thank him because he was also your high priest. He was also your offerer. He took the time to do both. So we celebrate God being the most perfect, ultimate, and final sacrifice for all of mankind. Amen. Amen. Were you blessed by the message you just heard? If so, please leave a review so others can glean from the lessons you learned. And if you would like to help us continue ministry, feel free to give at HVCLA.com. We love you, family.